Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week, we discuss issues including disability and gender. This week, we're talking about new research from the National Center for Health Statistics showing that not only did maternal mortality for Black women rise significantly during the COVID pandemic, but Black women are three times more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes than white women. We asked Kanika Harris, director of the nearly 40-year-old nonprofit Black Women's Health Imperative, why. That conversation after this short break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Recent CDC data has come out that, um, yes, during the pandemic that we saw a spike in deaths um, and the spike was significant amongst black women. So before we were saying two to three times and now we're we're right at three times more likely. Um, And what that means is like close to 250 percent more likely to die of pregnancy related causes and deaths. And we're seeing things that are preventable, like um, hemorrhaging, um, you know, a lot of issues with preeclampsia. Some issues are reported, um, you know, based on drug use and drug abuse. Um, But for the most part, we still find that most pregnancy-related deaths, even during the pandemic, were preventable. Tell me why this is affecting Black women more than white women. For a number of reasons. Um, one, we, we are walking into pregnancy um, a lot of times with pre-existing conditions that we did not know about. Um, usually it's, it's hypertension as well as that causes a condition called preeclampsia where you can have blood spikes during your pregnancy, which is very, very dangerous for moms. And we also um, sometimes see issues with diabetes as well. Um, and those conditions are, you know, because of racism and systematic issues that we experience in the world every day. There's nothing so different about what we do and how we live um, behaviorally than white women that would cause us to show up sicker. Um, but a lot of times, you know, we don't find out about certain things until we're pregnant. The other issue on the other side of that is how we're treated during pregnancy and the postpartum period. We still see um, that close to 50% of these maternal deaths are happening in the postpartum period. Um, We're still seeing horror stories, hearing the horror stories about how Black women just clearly aren't listened to, they're not respected um, during the prenatal and birth and postpartum period, things are missed, and that causes lives. 
So let me ask you, for mm-hmm. listeners that don't understand how that could be about racism, ex- explain that, please. Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, so how can that be about racism? A few things. Um, we experience um, stressors in our body. Um, we can experience these stressors through a number of ways. It could be through uh, residential discrimination, lack of housing, lack of resources, um, issues that would affect you literally from the time you were born till the time you um, become pregnant. So these stressors that can be race-related, either through being marginalized and um, just um, by marginalization, I mean like isolated by resources, political opportunities, and power in your communities that will cause you to have, um, you know, a stressful upbringing. Those stressors affect you during your childhood, um, and then they accumulate over time. And when they accumulate over time, um, and you can also experience racial stressors. So we see that um, women who um, have college degrees, women who are very... um, that have high economic status, Black women, they still experience these issues as well. And so we have been able to, um, American Medical Association, American College of Gynecology is calling out racism because the evidence is so clear that no matter what socioeconomic status you are as a Black woman, no matter your health insurance, no matter your resources, um, we are still experiencing higher levels of maternal deaths. Let me ask you a question here. I've seen some research before speaking about black women not being listened to. And I think this is also an issue for brown women. Is it doctors are not when, when a black woman or a brown woman says I am in serious pain, is it that the medical professionals professionals simply aren't hearing that or doing anything about it? How is that working? Yes, that's 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 a very common example that you're giving. Um, I, I'm in I'm in an extreme amount of pain. Their pain is dismissed. Their pain is considered over the top. They're being extra, um, or sometimes it's something doesn't feel right. I don't know what it is, but I know how I am, and something's not right. Instead of really poking and priding, well, what do you mean? Asking additional questions. And you, because you're not a medical profession, you may not be able to quite pinpoint that, but you know you're not feeling yourself. And when, especially a Black woman says something's not right, that's when your antenna should go up and you should start helping her figure out what that could be or doing additional testing or really trying to figure out what that is. So, um you know, we have, I bring up a colleague of mine, Shalon Irving, that was featured in NPR after she delivered her baby. She wasn't feeling well. Um, she had a lot of swelling in her body. She um, kept going to the doctors, telling them, I don't feel well. I don't know what's, you know, what's going on. And they were like, oh, it could take time. You know, we gave you medication, just, just wait it out. And she the same appointment she went to that day, they sent her home and she stroked out at home, you know, with her baby in her arms. And so these are just situations where um, we are constantly dismissed and not listened to. And this was a woman who was um, epidemic intelligence officer for the CDC, 
worked in maternal health. So she knew. So how do how can this be fixed? I know you said some of the larger medical organizations are calling this out as a problem, but how, how do you fix it? Huh. Um, how do you fix it? I feel like there's there's several things going on. Um, we're doing a lot of talking about implicit bias trainings. I think there's a general understanding that implicit bias trainings are, is not going to fix the problem because it's so deep and it's it's. Um, and it's not only issues like the pandemic is a, is a clear example about how when we're talking about implicit bias, we're talking about your ability to be able to check your biases um, and your your unconscious stereotypes and thoughts about other races, other people that you are not around, other people that don't look like you. And how do you check that? And what we're finding is that a lot of times, especially during the pandemic, when things are busy, when things are really active, when you have to make quick decisions and move on to other clients, the hospital staff is um, is just overwhelmed. You don't really have time to check your biases. You may have taken that training, but the amount of time and steps that it takes for you to do some self-reflection and a split-second decision still may be too late for someone. Um, I feel like it will it will take a huge cultural shift in hospitals and systems. Um, So it can't just be looked at as a provider patient issue. Um, I've done research on nurses, black nurses, Latino nurses that have said that, hey, I try and show up for my patients, but, you know, my charge nurse or the resident or the doctor will kind of cut me off at my knees when I'm trying to provide the best care for my patient. And, um, they'll get overrode and dismissed when they are listening to their patients and trying to help their patients. What, what, so wait, 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 what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is that a black nurse may be trying to speak up for her black patient um, and a resident or a charge nurse that's over her. The charge nurse is a nurse that's in charge of like all the nurses on that floor could override things that she's trying to tell them that her patient needs. She's trying to speak up for her patient, but, you know, her superiors basically are not listening to her and they're not listening to the patient. So I'm saying it's deeper than just the patient provider issue. It's it can be the culture of the entire hospital. And so you would have to do really um, not just trainings on the provider level, Policies in hospitals have to change. Cultural shifts in hospitals have to change um, to really provide Black women um, the best care, which I think would funnel into all women getting the best care as well. I think also we have to look at um, the pressure. We still have 98% of people, of women that deliver in hospitals where we know that the research and evidence shows that 80% of women can safely de- deliver in birthing centers. And so I feel like providing more birthing centers, especially in community of colors, designed by community of color, where they can have access to midwives who are known to provide the best um, care in terms of um, satisfaction and birth, safer births, in terms of less medicalization, um, better issues with lactation, 
overall satisfaction, um, that would also take stress off of hospitals and provide better options for mothers who are attended to on a continuum of care throughout their prenatal and postpartum experience. I've got to, I've got to jump in here and and mm-hmm. ask you one more question briefly because sure. I want you to respond to people that say none of this is true. There is no racism in medical care. Women are being treated the same, no matter what, no matter what color they are. How, how do you respond to people that think that? Yeah, if you if you say that women are being treated the same, no matter what care they get, one, all women should not be treated the same in terms of standardize of standardization of care. Women come in with all different kind of issues and um, and needs. And it has to be centered around their needs. So just the fact that you're saying all women are treated the same, that's probably a big part of the problem that you would even think that. And um, and secondly, there's just so much evidence. I mean, I think if you just if you just sat on the corner and just stopped three moms, three black moms on the street, one of them would talk to you and tell you that there's a very different story. We're living in two very different worlds. The fact that the data is so different tells you that we're not we're not living in the, we're not living together in the same country and having the same experiences. The data is clear on that. That's Kanika Harris, director of the nonprofit Black Women's Health Imperative. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Ashley Armstrong for her production assistance. Like what you hear? Come back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, and leave a rating or review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.